0: Hello and welcome to the freshly redone Brave Room Podcast. You can't tell, but the virtual space in which we do this podcast has been nicely cleaned up. You know, we got some nice new wallpaper in. uh, Uh Very, very nice carpet. Really (laughs) nice material. Okay, so hold on. Just one... One thing, right? So I I studied in the UK for a year, and one thing I do love about it is that every floor there is carpeted. Like, Uh. our office where we usually record this, concrete floors. You know what that does for recording? Terrible. It is terrible for recording. (laughs) You may as well have a giant percussive drum under it. Anyways, uh, with us this week on The Brave Room, we have the return of Kit...
1: Yes, I'm currently not on a training
0: arc. But this... I expect
1: I will be next month.
0: <laughs> so you may be wondering where we were. You patient, you learned your lesson. you like the Brave Room said. They are on every other week. And then I waited and they were not there. I was betrayed by the Brave Room. And now I'm going to listen to some inferior podcast. Well, <laughs> if you missed our New Year's special, we announced that, hey, we're making some changes to the Brave Room. Instead of giving you one middling episode every two weeks, we're going to try and give you one slightly above middling episode every month. (laughs) (laughs) Because, let's be real, we are juggling a lot of plates right now in the air, and so the podcast has to dial back a bit so we can continue accommodating all those plates. So... With that in mind, the new mission of the Brave Room, we're going to talk about some stuff that happened this month. Now that that housekeeping is out of the way, we... Listen, the original plan was we were going to write down stories as we covered them over the month and then come back to you to report on them. They wouldn't be the most timely, but you know, it'd just be like, Hey, don't you know, don't you remember what happened this week, this month? In
1: case you missed it, trademark. Trademark.
0: Kind of kind of stuff, yeah. Then a new story broke this morning. So now we have to talk <laughs> about this. This is the most recent story. And what was it, Kid,
1: We have now Xbox Activation Blizzard, which is one hell of a mouthful.
0: Is Did they actually change their names that?
1: I don't think so, but I, I saw the trending hashtag and it was just like that. Even yeah. though it's seen you know, So Microsoft.
0: Microsoft has bought over... Activision Blizzard King and (laughs) it is the wildest thing and my favorite today's dystopic tweet of the day goes to and I can't remember the specifics of it like I've lost the tweet already lost to the ether but it was to the tune of congrats on congrats to Activision Blizzard for having a sexual harassment scandal so bad That it lowered their share prices just enough for Microsoft to buy it and now Bobby Kartik is getting a huge payday as a result. And the
1: funny thing is that that payout I mean that uh, whole acquisition thing is still more expensive than a whole lot of other game companies worth but you know.
0: It is the most expensive acquisition in the industry right now which is weird because I wrote that exact same article Literally two weeks ago, when Zynga was bought over by 2K. <laughs> I uh, guess
1: that's just some kind of a curling of the monkey's paw.
0: That's not how the expression works at all, kid. Like, what was the wish?
1: I don't know. Maybe it crashed and burned, but... We can't always have things go our way. Even expressions. power, power.
0: Yeah, so... Kids terrible, not understanding how that joke works. Aside, so Zynga was bought by Take Two for 12.7 billion USD. Mm -hmm. You know, small pocket change amount. To which uh, Microsoft went to Activision Blizzard and said, "Hey, how about 68.7 billion instead?" (laughs) This wasn't just some like, oh, you know, 13 billion kind of thing. No, this was more than five times the amount they bought five zyngas so uh yeah in case you're wondering and remember just earlier this month zynga was considered the most expensive deal it was so expensive that take two stock dropped because investors thought they were being too reckless about it (laughs) imagine it's and now it's not even the most lavish spending there's
1: one That's one expensive PR move I suppose
0: how's it a PR move
1: well the whole suppose hey um, look at the positive side you know these people still have jobs we can kind of rebuild from the ashes blah blah but our dearest uh, Kortik still has a lot of money that People think he probably doesn't deserve but that's the kind of thing
0: <sighs> I know
1: just just the brain doing the old funky
0: So yeah basically that's a lot of money but on one hand like while the number is definitely much bigger it also comes down to what the hell Microsoft bought compared to Take-Two because Take-Two just bought Zynga which is a big mm-hmm casual game publishing company whereas microsoft bought activision blizzard king which is one of the largest game companies in the industry and is made up of three arms which is you know activision for your call of duties and studios that used to make other games but now make call of duty blizzard games that use you know the studio that made a bunch of beloved games before all their directors were outed as creeps or left the company because they realized that the people above <laughs> them were outed as creeps. And King, who makes your mom's favorite video games. Like, that's the thing, because we always talk about it as Activist, like Activision Blizzard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: People forget that King is still pretty huge. Like, Candy Crush makes a lot of money and all without having a ship girl with massive bodongas. <laughs> So, yeah, that,
1: that casual game market is, is pretty damn big even if people don't see don't think much of it.
0: Yeah. So and that's the thing, right? And uh, a lot of it comes down to research, I would imagine. So like uh so in the case of, in the case of King, like, they probably know something that we haven't even thought of. And uh, I definitely think Like Microsoft is going to move on that, like that's my own personal speculation here is we are going to see Microsoft suddenly make more of a move on mobile games. Also you know there's Call of Duty Mobile. I fully expect Halo Mobile to be a thing, like unironically. The other thing that needs to be addressed is, uh, you know, everyone likes to talk about like, oh does that mean all those games are gonna become Xbox exclusive? Hell no! (laughs) here's the thing right Blizzard is one of the most beloved companies in Asia Starcraft is the national sport of Korea and I couldn't walk 10 steps without finding a kid who grew up on Warcraft 3 right Mm -hmm. Well, I guess now I can because they they're all too young to have played Warcraft 3 back in the day I mean back in the day and you know what the Asian market doesn't like Xbox <laughs> there's probably like a single did like so the PlayStation shortage is because they can't produce enough PlayStation 5s right uh-huh and the ones that they do they do make keep getting bought up by scalpers the Xbox shortage in Asia is more closely tied to the fact that there are just no Xboxes in Asia <laughs>
1: Yeah, we have a whole article about why it's not doing well in at least one region in Asia. So, maybe that should prove good reading.
0: But yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, Xbox has an office in Singapore. Like, officially, they've set up shop in Singapore. But guess what? Singapore is not only not the only country in the Southeast Asia region, it's not even the biggest. (laughs) Indonesia, gone. Malaysia, gone. I don't know if they have anything for the Philippines, but that's, so that's one thing, right? So like, if you move all of uh, Active Blizzard's games to Xbox, that is literally just going to shoot yourself in the foot. And I think Xbox is a little too smart for that. What we're more likely to see is you're going to see more of these games come to Game Pass, which is definitely what their strategy has been so far with the Bethesda sh**. Mm-hmm. The, other thing it's like you can argue like well they'll be on pc that's available here as well here's the thing not many malay not many uh, southeast asians have high-end gaming pcs and activision does not like low-end gaming pcs <laughs> yeah no uh you what are you gonna play that 200 gigabyte game on yeah that's what i thought <laughs> And I also imagine the development of these games, a lot of that funding also comes from deals like, you know how Call of Duty Vanguard wasn't exclusively on the PlayStation, but it definitely paid to play it on PlayStation? Like, you got some benefits there?
1: The beta was, the multiplayer beta was only PlayStation for a while, wasn't it?
0: I don't remember the specifics, but yeah. So basically, it's going like they have a lot more reason to stay on the multi-platform market it's more about just making game pass a better deal though because while you can still pay you know I don't know it's six thousand bucks for the next Call of Duty game <laughs> you could just pay Firefox on game pass and get it you know and get it <laughs> hypothetically though we still don't know what the plans for all this are the merger ha- hasn't even been finalized but this is all just uh, speculating for the future.
1: well, maybe they'll actually start expanding uh, into more regions.
0: Maybe maybe maybe. Maybe they'll use just a little bit of that mountain of money they have from inventing <laughs> the computer to actually uh, send game Pass out to more places. But yeah, that's pretty much what we have to say about the Activeliz story. Uh, other than shout out to Dean Takahashi for giving the most softball interview I've ever read to Bobby Kotick <laughs> following the acquisition use. it was so softball that uh, if you've ever played with snow, sometimes the snowball just kind of like slips out of your hand before you can even throw it because it's not really snow; it's just kind of slush at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that interview was. wasn't even a softball. It was a slush interview. It really like the questions he asked boiled down to, Gee, Mister Kotick, what's it like having so much money and a big?" Dip? That's a that's what that sounds like. I, I don't know if Ben's gonna censor that joke. I found it hilarious. Ah, uh, but yeah, no. If you want to learn nothing about the the saga of Bobby Kotick. I definitely recommend reading that interview. So, on to our next story. We are in the great festive season for mobile games.
1: Hey, hey. Even all, though New Year's uh, like a couple of weeks past now.
0: All but... your favorite <laughs> anime girls are taking off their sexy Santa dresses and putting on their yukatas and or cheongsam's.
1: Hooray!
0: Because now we're doing New Year slash Chinese New Year slash Lunar New Year please mass Asian market don't hate us <laughs> events. <laughs> what, have, what have we got going on with those?
1: For me personally it's uh, Ark Global celebrating its second anniversary and I dropped almost 1k in the span of 2-3 days over the game for its 2nd anniversary, so yeah, I'm kind of broke.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. That has nothing to do with New Year celebrations, but okay.
1: I mean, it's festive enough for my wallet. Or their bank accounts, who knows. New Year events, the related events still won't start for another weekend in Genshin, but I'm sure everyone will go crazy during the holidays. Because they can't see their favorite boy uh, celebrating and throwing out lanterns, I guess. But that's coming soon.
0: Yeah, Genshin uh, goes really hard for this Chinese New Year celebration. They literally yeah. were just like, every character you wanted to get a rerun is getting a rerun for Chinese New Year.
1: Uh, so what anniversary? I don't I don't understand what anniversary is.
0: <laughs> so it's like, uh, we got like, what is it? Shao, Yu? what else? Zhongli Oh yeah I didn't hallucinate Okay so it is Zhongli is getting And Hu Tao as well right?
1: Uh, no just uh, for Just uh, three of them Ah okay Because Hu Tao Also recently re-ran
0: Ah uh, Yeah but yeah So you can pull For all three of those Rip to your wallet Meanwhile and I also remain... uh,
1: she's a funeral Funeral parlor director So they're not gonna put her For Chinese figure
0: I mean Zhongli's also works as a funeral- whatever, I'm, I'm not having this argument with you. <laughs> but yeah, the truly faithful though will wait for our fox mommy coming mm. in about like 6 weeks or whatever.
1: I think a month or so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't care. <laughs> Here's the thing right, after you spend money on a gacha banner,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you see all these people being like, No, but if you do your commissions every day, you know, at the end of the month, you'll have a whole, a ten pull. And then if you buy the monthly card, you get a second ten pull. If you log in every... This is nothing to me anymore. (laughs) I look at it with the same scorn as people who say like, you know, oh, if you just don't buy coffee every morning, you too can one day afford a yacht. Five hundred years from now, after you've artificially enhanced your life to work on the capitalism, <laughs> this is you know, I will just buy the gems when I want to pull for the banner I want, <laughs> and any other free gems I collect along the way from Mihoyo's possible blunders. There is no reason to dig around in the dirt for <laughs> maybe enough primo gems. But yeah, well...
1: See. Uh... I gotta...
0: I gotta give uh, Pokemon Masters a quick shout-out for their New Year's stuff.
1: Uh, the Cynthia thing?
0: No, that was a story-related oh. thing. Their New Year's stuff, like... They had, like, you know, characters in Yukatas. They also had, like, uh, Leon and... I think? Not Sonya. Nessa. They are in Christmas outfits as well. Like, that game <laughs> pushes out new banners so quickly. And yet, I see so... I'm, I joined the subreddit recently as part of Operation Cynthia Watch. Yeah, no, like, somehow they still have not included characters people actually want.
1: Guess it's more profitable. Hey, look, look, uh, your sort of faith for Moneymaker Cash Cow is in a new outfit. Please get this first. Thank you.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, so, what's her name? Lily from Sudden Moon. I think she has, like, the most costumes right now. It's wild absolutely wild <laughs>
1: good, good for her I suppose
0: but yeah did you actually have any more new year stuff or were you just using that as an excuse to show uh, Arknights
1: uh, sure partially but also remember to pick up your stuff for the Alchemistas Miss Kobayashi's uh, collab because there's a whole bunch of free pools and Fafnir is pretty relatable you know
0: <laughs> no, just so, is he the just looks so tired Fafner is the best character in that entire in that entire game uh, in the entire like uh series yeah
1: I, I pretty much uh speed, tried to speedrun ascending him because like damn don't bother me uh please just give me some games and books to occupy my time and just leave me alone like goddamn, big boot
0: yeah have, you've never watched kobayashi right I have not Yeah, no. Okay, so do you know what his whole shtick is? Isn't
1: he like kind of a death-related thing?
0: Okay, so all the dragons are like... They're all like different archetypes of dragons.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So Toru is like, you know, the classic dragon. Uh, Lukoa is like literally a god. What's her name? Uh, Elma is a sea serpent. So Fafnir is the typical horde dragon. He's a Uh dragon who... Spends all day in his cave guarding his horde and curses anyone who comes near. <laughs> who comes near him? So yeah, when he comes to Earth, it literally translates into uh, Hikikomori lifestyle.
1: So uh, what? I, I want that too.
0: And because dragons don't need sleep or or anything, so like he literally like excels at that lifestyle. His roommate is Kobayashi's like uh, coworker. And he just sits at home grinding MMOs all day, and going what, to like concerts. What a and
1: stuff. wonderful life!
0: Yeah, it's great. Also, he's voiced by Dice Ono. Yeah. So yeah, no, he he legit is best character. I find it so funny how he has, he is like has to be awkwardly inserted into any dragon, dragon made promo materials because they're like, well, you're not actually like we don't really want to market you because you don't have a massive rack, but you know we'll try, we'll see what we can do. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's a he's a three four star in the event, so yeah, just just get him, just get him.
0: And now, we move on to the final story for this episode, and my personal favorite. This is the only thing I put I put on the list as soon as we wrote it. <laughs> oh boy, we are gonna recap all the wild shit that happens with NFTs. If you don't know what an NFT is imagine if someone dug through the trash pulled out a receipt and said this is worth two million dollars buy it from me while uh, burning the last orangutan on the planet to death (laughs) so because people are stupid and think that the metaverse is anything more than a VR chat (laughs) people have been desperate to climb anything crypto related as a trend and lots of game companies have decided you know what we need to we need to get on this nft train because pay to earn games those are the future if uh primer if you're just hearing this for the first time allegedly how the pay to earn model works is that if you play enough you unlock an nft and allegedly you can sell that nft for big money however Uh however what they don't uh really tell you is that like in Ubisoft's case you need to you need to like have a Ubisoft account to buy the NFT which means that everyone in that marketplace who is we're all here to make money you don't think they're gonna spend millions of dollars on your like I don't know hat for Far Cry right <laughs> if their objective here is to make money exactly so now that we've caught you up on what an NFT is, Square Enix! <laughs> Sweet, stupid Square <laughs> Enix started the year with violence. <laughs> let me let me pull up the letter, actually. Hold on.
1: Because they totally didn't make any, any games that went against this message.
0: But, Listen, know. okay, hold on. I'm going to veto that argument. Right, uh-huh. write now square enix is a f-ing corporation stop thinking that it has moral values
1: yeah but you know like be, everyone's it just it like be, dee,
0: dee, 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 but you wrote final Michael fantasy Dream. 7 which has an environment like shut up every single person who thinks that square enix is actually owned by cloud strife is like you're delusional please get over that like the memes are funny please keep making the memes but I've seen people make genuine like appeals to emotion Being like, but Square Enix, you wrote a great environmental messaging game I'm like, yeah, and then they made a battle royale about it
1: <laughs> Didn't the letter basically say we're doing this because money?
0: Yeah? Hold on I have the exact quote. I realize that some people who play to have fun and who currently form the majority of players have voiced their reservations towards these new trends. However, I believe that there will be a certain number of people whose motivation is to play to contribute, by which I mean to help make the game more exciting. Traditional gaming has offered no explicit incentive to this latter group of people who are motivated strictly by such inconsistent personal feelings such as goodwill and volunteer spirit. This fact is not unrelated to limitations of existing user-generator content, which has been brought into being solely because of individual self-desire for self-expression and not because of any explicit incentive to uh, reward them for their creative efforts. I see this as the one reason there haven't been many major game-changing content. So. Uh, first of all, I highly recommend reading our coverage of this because I f***ing tore into this letter <laughs> for the b- that it is. I'm going to give you the cliff notes right now since you've bothered to listen to the podcast for this long, dear listener. First, like let's go through all the list of b*** in this letter, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, no meaningful user-generated content. He says, in a world where mobiles are the biggest esports... Comma, where MOBAs were spawned off a mod for Warcraft 3 <laughs> <laughs> he says comma in a, with a company that just released as previously mentioned a battle royale comma, a genre spawned off a mod for, <laughs> for a game that spawned off a mod for another game <laughs> yeah. user generated
1: content doesn't does fanart and stuff all count as well is like pe- people do enjoy stuff and really yeah. things,
0: right? secondly oh why aren't people producing content for our games for free here's your answer Mr. Square Enix CEO man the, no no he's saying that there's uh, it's being limited it's like the people who produce the content you want you pay them they're called developers <laughs> if you want uh-huh. if you want someone to create content to your specifications guess what you hire them you you open up a studio with a name like I don't know I I think Square Enix that's a good sounding name you know <laughs> <laughs> you put up a want ad maybe on a website like careerbraves.com maybe maybe I don't know uh, and then you say developers f***ing wanted <laughs> <laughs> the the idea that like the idea that people aren't like that somehow people who don't play your game because they like it are more valuable for whatever reason is just asinine it's completely asinine do you know how final fantasy 7 changed the porn industry like I'm no historian, but I would argue it's probably one of the earliest games to have as much porn as it did back then. They didn't do that for money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, that's dumb. And uh, uh, like it's it's gone to that level We've largely stayed silent on the NFT stuff. But I think mm-hmm. it's get, it's getting to a ridiculous point where we do need to talk about it. Shout out to Mike Shinoda, the <laughs> f***ing dumbass. Who believes that if you own an NFT or something, therefore you you should be allowed to port it into other games. Because no, but you see,
1: this is how the Metaverse will grow. and Actually, he does, does not
0: right? mention the Metaverse in his thing. It's, it's purely oh. just about NFT ownership. Uh, okay. Yeah, this is so not, because not it's... Not even
1: a plus point I can give him. A big one.
0: Because it's a helmet that you own, because it's an NFT minted to you, therefore you should be able to move it from Minecraft to Fortnite to Call of Duty. If I remember correctly, that was the example he gave. To which every game developer in a 500 mile radius went, That's not how <laughs> that works, Mike. <laughs> Seriously. Here's the thing, right? Some game studios can't even be bothered to pay their developers to work on their game. Quote, see all the game developer, all the publishers who fire staff before a game launches. <laughs> and now, uh-huh. here's this jackass from the early 2000s who read a tweet one time and suddenly thinks now that game developers are going to help port assets from other games like that's a very special kind of stupid there at play reads
1: a 280 character summary i understand the universe now i've unlocked it
0: and then here's the other thing right like even technological limitations aside what makes you think companies want to support this Sakurai has talked at length. Of, well, he didn't talk at length, but he he did mention the logistical nightmare of getting Sora into Smash, <laughs> Bec- and that was between three companies. Do you like, do you really think any company is going to turn up the chance to like just price gouge other companies to include their thing? That's not how that works, Mike
1: but i got money and this pretty nft though
0: and then uh we also have dear dear konami with the castlevania nfts that no one cares about but
1: apparently somehow sold out
0: oh it's very i can tell you how that happened uh insider insider trading guess what all you have (laughs) to do is have one employee buy all of them (laughs) like it's a reported this isn't me being conspiracy theorist by the way it is a reported phenomenon that that is exactly what uh, NFT peddlers do, because they want you to write the headline of you know this NFT sold for a bunch of money. So they just trade it among their friends to generate the headline and generate the generate the value essentially. Because yeah, if I sold you a peanut for fifty bajillion dollars, do you know what you buy? You buy bought... a peanut. No. You bought a peanut that's worth 50 bajillion dollars. Like, I sold you an ordinary peanut, but you bought a peanut worth 50 bajillion dollars. And when you go, you tell people, hey, guess what? I have a peanut worth 50 bajillion dollars. What are they going to pay you for that? Two dollars? No, they're going to pay you 50 bajillion and one. (laughs) So yeah, no. This is freaking stupid. And that is why that, like, any kind of NFT-related story that usually involves nft selling usually has something sketchy going on under the surface uh-huh. so yeah don't... I, I,
1: I can't i can't wait for the spam box to fill out with more nft prs
0: yeah no hey nf uh, nft companies go take a hike <laughs> but yeah no uh also yeah ubisoft quartz that that went up in flames huh haha 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 <laughs> uh-huh. no one bought those and stalker announced that npcs in stalker would be nfts then everyone told them to fuck off and then they said <laughs> okay we'll remove them and then they announced stalker 2 would be delayed <laughs> you can't tell me those aren't connected <laughs> oh man oh yeah so, yeah, we'll probably come back to the whole play to earn model is bullshit in a future episode. But just want to lay, like, I think it's important that all this happened in January because this is going to be, this is going to set the tone for the future. Everyone uh-huh. wants to ram the metaverse into everything, everyone wants to squeeze NFTs into stuff. I remember I went on a Twitter rant the other day about how nothing good about NFTs. Al- doesn't already exist and work better than if they had to use nfts mm-hmm. and i talked about about how like you know pokemon can tell you where a pokemon has been like which trainers has been moving between steam trading cards do that as well right okay all of them without using blockchain and some smart ass came into my replies with uh, now but imagine them with nfts though And thank god I was busy, like it was a busy news day that day because I had already typed out my response was I think I threw up in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And got too busy to hit send. (laughs) So yeah, no. Uh, We we do not like them, we don't approve. And it is a genuinely stupid direction that the industry would be very wise to abandon ship while it can.
1: Please I don't want to write something that has the metaverse and having to spend twenty to thirty minutes worrying if it's a stupid damn NFT. <sighs> I don't I don't need the additional stress in my life, please.
0: And just like that, we have a lovely lovely episode of the Brave Room. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you think about this new format where we just talk about new stories. Uh, I promise you, one day, we will find a way to bring Fighting Foodons back into the conversation. <laughs> but, uh, like, we'll, we'll find a way, even if there's no Fighting Foodons game coming out soon or something. We'll, we'll make it work, trust me. We'll make it work. Uh, thank and you. So, I hope not
1: to find, find any of this getting minted illegally somewhere, because that will happen.
0: Oh my god, actually no, I kind of want this podcast to be minted. <laughs> it would be the ultimate, like, irony. And just... Like... Here's the thing, right? I know this podcast is a walk-in, walk-in pile of garbage. So if someone turns a profit off of an NFT of this podcast... That would be the funniest thing ever. Because I'd have just identified two new idiots in the world. <laughs> oh, we didn't, we didn't even get into that. Those crypto bros who bought a copy of the book Dune... And thought that they owned the whole IP. Oh yes,
1: that, that magnificent thing.
0: At that point... Surely... You're being that stupid on purpose, right?
1: Well...
0: If money and intelligence are inversely proportionate to each other, then I guess those crypto bros really are striking gold. <laughs> Anyways, this has been another episode of The Brave Room. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we will be back again next week. with now the third Thursday of every month unless uh ben couldn't get this episode out on time so you know whatever thank you so much for (laughs) listening and see you next month guys